The following program is produced by the Tech Talk Radio Network. Hey, this is Mike Nelson from Mystery Science Theater and RiffTracks.com, and you're listening to the greatest show on the planet, Tech Talk Radio. Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin Lemmy. Good to have you all here with us. A lot going on this week, and a lot has happened in the last week when it comes to uh, technology that all of us have been able to experience. And I got to say, one of the things I'm most excited about is, as you know, the show has made its foray into amateur radio. First one to do it Hmm. was really Sean that started getting into it and that Justin got excited about it. And I've been kind of talking about it. I thought, oh, this might be kind of fun to do. We've talked about the Green Valley Amateur Radio Club. They've been, you know, they've they've been great in helping people, you know, learn more about it. They've got a club right here in Green Valley that you can find out more by going to their website. So Tom Lang brought me in a little treat because he knew I was talking about this. Tom Lang brought me my very own radio. Oh, my gosh. So thank you, Tom. It's the... Woxen, W O U X U N, Woxen, Woxen, uh, radio. Wuxin. I have no the idea. Chinese radio. Yeah, I, it's, it's it's like it's like the equivalent of the Baofeng. All right, cool. And I mentioned Baofeng, and he said, you know, Baofeng's good, but he said he's got a lot of these radios, and he thought this would be kind of cool. So I have no idea what to do now. So I got oh, wow. myself a radio. Well, what, first... I turned it on, and it. it, it <laughs> But that's all yeah. it does, and I don't know what to do with it. Well, first, first things first is you need to get yourself a better antenna. Yeah, this because those little, cut it. those little, no, those little rubber ducky antennas are not going to cut it. You need to get yourself a longer antenna, and I recommend, and I think Sean would agree with me. Signalstuff.com uh, has a bunch of antennas that you can buy. They're actually 3D printed. Well, the connectors are 3D printed, but the antenna itself is probably a. What do you say, Sean? Like a one meter antenna? I think you can buy them in varying length. I think you can buy them in 19 inch, 26 inch, and a couple different inch uh, sizes for those who use the. Sure, materials. but they're going to be much better than your than your rubber, rubber ducky antenna. All right, all right, and, and, and they're they're super flexible. You can actually coil them up. I use the the ones that I have. I have a Nagoya antenna, and then I have another one. I might hurt myself with that thing though. That's called that's called an abrid. <laughs> oh, I like that it's, one. Uh, but it's it, I can fold it in half. Oh, now who makes that one? Abrid. A A B R E E E. All right. A B B R E E. Abrid. And this one is the 19 inch, so it's so, just over a foot long. They make a 26 inch one that my buddy Steve has. Um, here's the thing. It's not about what radio you have. Right. Your radio is only as good as your antenna. So I get the better antenna. What do I do with it? What can I? We need to start from the beginning. What, what I would recommend is go to. So first off, uh, you should get your GMRS license. Okay. Again, it's it's thirty five dollars. Like Sean said, there's no test involved. Get your GMRS license. You can go to the FCC website. You can get your GMRS license. Go to Radio Repeater. Right. Is that what's that? Was Sean is Radio Repeater or is it mygmrs.net? So you, have, you, have, you have Radio Reference. Okay. And repeaterbook.com. Repeaterbook will give you a list of the repeaters that are in your area, and it'll give you the frequency, and it'll give you what they call the PL tones, which is, I, I, I don't remember what it stands for, but I think it starts for party line tone, meaning if your radio doesn't have that tone, it's not going to decode or encode the signal. What, what he means by tones, by the way, is kind of like, you could almost equate it to like the pass key to, to get into their channel. Like in a way, in a way, it's not like you have to type in like a, you know, CT1753 exclamation point. You know, you don't have to type. No, it's not that. It's like they have sub 
frequencies in a way. It's, and I'm, I know I'm talking wrong here. Forgive me for any ham radio operators are listening out there, but I'm trying to explain this in layman's terms. You can dial into a frequency, mm -hmm. but if you don't have the correct subtone of that frequency, you're not going to be able to hear the conversations that are going on. So you're going to want to go to, like, like Sean said, radio reference. And repeater book. Okay. I'm going to look okay. for those. I got to get this, this certificate so I can actually start. Well, no, I can transmit, you, can, right? you can still listen on anything for free. You don't have right. to have a license to listen. But 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 if you want to transmit back, you do. All right. I just went through the whole GMRS license thing. It was a little difficult to go through the process. But part is, part is did, the website. Yeah, it is. But once you get through that, you you wait a couple about what four or five days. You get your license and you're good to go. And then you can transmit. But what I would recommend is you you get the license to transmit. But also now you don't have a Baofeng, so I can't speak to to. What do you call it? Wusun? Yeah, it's a uh, Wusun. W-U-X-U-N. It's the, I'll give you the model number. It's the KG-UVD-1P. There's, there's probably some sort of programming software out there, maybe even a cable oh. that's specifically made for programming that. I know with my Baofeng, I got a programming cable. I don't have it here in front of me. Um, but I do have my Yesu programming cable. So this this cable that I have here that I'm showing on the screen, if you're watching the video on demand, this part right here plugs, it's a USB adapter, plugs right. into my computer. It has a microcontroller in the USB adapter. And then on the other side is a one-eighth headphone jack connector that will plug into the Yesu. And what I can do with that is then I can program all of my favorite frequencies, all of my settings with a piece of software than having to do it with the keypad and the dial tones of the radio itself. You can just turn it on, and I'm sure there's a scan function on there. Right. It's probably like a couple different keystrokes you might have to press, but you can just simply scan the frequencies, and it will just simply rotate through all the available frequencies that it can pick up and it may pick up some sort of conversation. And if it does, you just stop the scanning, stop the scanning by pressing a button, and then you can write down the frequency that that happened on. Once you get a frequency, once you get a response, and you can hear some people talking, then you can just simply write down that frequency and be like, okay, this is a potential frequency that some people are using regularly. Right. But you being in Tucson, this is interesting, and this brings me to kind of a, another side anecdote to this you know like i said i got my gmrs license recently right yeah, yeah. so i'm actually tuning in to this weekly net it's on oh that's Sundays. the game that wouldn't let you talk <laughs> yeah <laughs> two weeks in a row two weeks in a oh, row man. so i got my gmrs license and i tune into this sunday net right and i talked about this last show and i decided you know what I'm going to do this again because, you know, this Sunday I wasn't doing anything. I was like, all right, I'm going to I'm going to tune in to this net again. So I did early check in. Yeah. I was waiting. I, I was I was they were like, all right, anybody in Arizona want to check in and be like, oh, this is uh, Bill from Tucson. OK, well, we got you, Bill. Oh, this is Ed from Tucson. All right. We got you, Ed. Oh, this is uh, James from Phoenix. We got you, James. Right, right. And then they move on to New Mexico. Then they move on to Colorado. And I'm like, all right. This is Justin from Colorado, Denver, Colorado. And they're like, all right, we got you, bud. Early check-ins. All right, are we done? Okay, now we're going to hand it over to the net. 
where we're going to call on everybody to talk. If anybody's got traffic, you <laughs> and when I mean like traffic means you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's your platform. Yeah. Your I waited for one. <laughs> you just broke something. Hour. <laughs> I waited for one hour. This is tw- the second time, right? The second time. They got to Colorado. They called out every single person in Colorado except for me. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, now we're going to go to our Zello users. And I'm like, uh, Net Control, this is uh, WRTI 935. Uh, Justin out of Denver, Colorado. I'm not sure what I'm doing wrong here, but this is the second week that I've been missed. And I do have traffic. I'm just wondering what I'm doing wrong. Over. You're ready to throw and the a guy comes back. Guy comes back. Oh, yeah, Justin, we got you. Yep, you're good. All right, all right, cool. Thank you. All right, going on to the Zello users. I'm like, oh. I wanted to throw I wanted to throw my Baofeng through the wall. <laughs> like, seriously, I was I was so mad. Oh, and man, I went, I'm sorry. I went, to, I went to a couple different ham radio groups on Facebook, and I basically called out this whole thing. I didn't mention the exact net, but I was like, I'm in Denver. And I was like, this is the second week in a row. And everybody commented back like, yeah, that's pretty much just a really bad net operator. I thought it would have like, been funny if nobody would have actually commented. Oh my god! <laughs> Justin would have been. Outrageous. I would have given up. I would have given up. I'm that like, screw ham radio. I'm that done. would not have been good. So again, yeah. I don't know. It might be fun. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You guys have gotten into it. I'm getting in, and I don't know if our listeners been, you know, following the bouncing ball. They might want to get into it as well. So should be yeah. a lot of. Fun. I may or may not have bought two new radios. Really? Oh my God! What did you? What did get you now? get? What did you get? I bought a, a, another Baofeng. Okay. <laughs> I, bought, I, I bought the eight watt Baofeng. Yep, that's what I have. And then I bought a. Well, I'm not buying it. I'm being gifted it from a, an Elmer. So an Elmer is somebody who's old and is ham, in ham radio. One of the guys that I work with does whoa, whoa, a lot whoa, of freelance whoa, whoa. audio. Why do you gotta say he's is, old? Well, he's old. He's like uh, seventy five. Oh, okay, good. I thought he was going to oh, say okay, he's over okay. 60. No, no, no. <laughs> thanks he's, thanks he's, a lot. He's well into his 70s. He's got a Kenwood uh, Ooh, uh, Kenwood's 50D good. HF radio that he's going to right. give me. Wait, uh, HF? HF radio. That means Wait, are you talking I've about, got some pressure a, on a, me a, to get my handy, general license. A handy talkie? No, no, no. Or... An actual base station. Oh, my God, That's dude. awesome. And I may or may not have already bought a dipole antenna to mount in my backyard. That is cool. Now, will you I did, be able to listen you? to you? And I may or may not have also bought a USB SDR converter so I can put all of my does traffic Caitlin, on the web. Does Caitlin know about this? Yeah. Does she? I don't think no, she does. No, 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 no yeah, I don't, think, I don't she does. think she does. Look at that. She's going to find out about it when she hears no, this episode. She, she, I mean, she got me a radio for Father's Day, right? The one that I have in my car. Right. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, this will do him for the next five years. <laughs> so, All right. So uh, will I be able to, with this thing, listen to you, Sean, if you ever are broadcasting? GMRS. So, so when they do the national, the, so the my GMRS. Amateur field day, yeah. So, there are, so I have to preface this, right? GMRS is a national – anybody can talk on it, right? Well, anybody that has a GMRS license. But there are several different groups of linked GMRS repeaters that are linked across the internet. The group that Justin and I are part of is mygmrs.com. There are other ones out there too. .net. No, it's, it's .com. No, it's mygmrs.com. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sorry. My bad. Once a week, they link the regions together. They link 
the Midwest. They link Justin's region. They they link your region. Well, I think you guys are part of the same region. Yeah. And they do a national Southwest. net or they do a national check-in. So, yes. I don't remember exactly when that net is. I think it's Saturdays at like 5 in the afternoon. If I did a check-in and you happen to be on one of these linked repeaters down in the Tucson area, right. you could hear me call in. If you knew his call sign. Yeah. Which I- if you knew my call sign. WRQY 323. Got That's it. my call sign. That's my GMRS call sign. The only way I rec- I, the only way I recognize your call sign, Sean, by the way, is the three two three, because it reminds me of Halo, the video yeah. game Halo, because the original game was made by three two three Industries. Oh yep. gosh, that's right. Then what? Then Bungie came along and and took them. Actually, no, I, I'm reversed. Bungie was the first, and then three two three Industries got, took it over. Yeah, All right. but it. Re- Regardless, it reminds me of Halo. So if I hear 323, I'm like, oh, that, that could be shot. But Andy, what I'm going to do is in the break, I'm going to get you a frequency to put in. All right. A tone. So you can hopefully hear some net activity or some repeater activity. Cool. During the show. All right. I like that. All right. All right. So okay. now to move on a bit uh, into the world of tech, which we, we do have some great stuff for you today. Well, that was tech. <laughs> the big story came out this week that apparently AMD has been selling the Ryzen processors, almost outpacing Intel. And it, it had a, lot, a couple of people ask me, well, they were thinking of doing a build, should they move towards, you know, doing a Ryzen? And I don't know about me, I've not done an AMD processor in a long time. Um, uh, my last couple of builds have been with the Intel processor, and I've been extremely happy with it. But some people are saying, with the price, you get really good performance. And I'm thinking, have you guys tried this? And with this information that more people are are looking at that going, okay, yeah, time to go. What would they need to do to make that change? Well, what would so it make you? If, if they're going from Intel to AMD, obviously they need to buy a new motherboard because the socket sizes that they yeah. can't, you can't. You can't change it, you know, yeah. Manufacturers make both. They make, pro, they make motherboards that fit AMD. They make motherboards that fit uh, Intel. So... When I upgraded after Justin gave me, uh, well, sold me his 1070, it didn't fit in my case. I moved to a new case, and then I wanted to upgrade because uh, the, the motherboard and CPU that I was using was throttling the video card because it was, it was that old. Right. So I updated to a AMD Ryzen 7. Oh, wow. 3700. Okay. And how and I don't you... remember I don't remember what I paid for it. I think I paid like 350 or 400 bucks for it. Right. And then I'm also running a giga, gigabyte uh, Aurorus motherboard. All right. Because I had to fit the the A4 chipset uh, for the Ryzen. Because the only Ryzen motherboards that I had, or AMD motherboards that I had, were FX, which is the previous chip, the previous die size or the chip, previous socket size for right. AMD. So. Overall, I mean, the, the motherboards are in. You can spend hundred dollars. You can spend four hundred dollars. You can get you can get in there. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the website that I use to do all of my research, PC Part Picker, because you can go in and you can buy a motherboard, and then you can get products that are compatible with that motherboard. So you know you're getting the right socket size, and then you can kind of budget yourself, and, and so you don't budget yourself out of your budget. You can constrain yourself. Um, and I'm very happy with it, right? And then I upgraded to the thirty, the thirty seventy, on this in the same motherboard, and it's been great. So, I 
have been very happy with AMD. I've got friends that are strictly AMD. I had always been Intel since I built my first computer back in 2009 right. or whatever. And I was running an, an, an i5 then, and then I was running an i7, and then I was running a newer Gen i7, and then I jumped the jump ship to Ryzen. So I'm very happy with it. It plays all the games that I want to play just fine. I can also play and stream, and it doesn't really even really max out my processor. So uh, you're seeing the performance cool, with it. Yeah, I, I for what I do, it's great. Uh, and you know, I, I can play flight sim in VR, and I can you know do streaming, and I can do the NDI stuff that I do with work on my computer, uh, and I see no issues. With, with I, wait, I was always. You know, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm a fan of Intel. We've had them on the show before. You know, they've been really good to us, you know, over the years that we've been doing the show. But, you know, I, I always was kind of bummed when you'd go to buy a software package. Because remember when we would actually go to the retail store and we'd say, okay, I want this software. And you'd take it and you'd look at it and it would say Intel or compatible processor. Because you, you would never see it say AMD, well, that's just, AMD, that came later. You you see it now. No, but, that's just because Intel paid them money to put their name on it first. Right, right. Kind of like, you know, when you go to a grocery store, you you have products that are on the top shelf, products are on the bottom shelf. It's, it's all marketing. I mean, that's what it is. But there yeah. are people who believe that Intel and AMD, where AMT may maybe not be the best processor, it actually, you can get good performance out of it. May, I mean, if I, I mean they, Intel had such a grip on the CPU industry for such a long time that that it it's like you go to it because it's tried and true and you're not going to be some guinea pig testing a lower tier processor, right? If I may, I think part of the reason why Intel has such a stranglehold on on the processor market going back to what Andy just said about how you buy a product that it says Intel or compatible processor yeah. Whereas AMD is not listed on there. The reason AMD is cheaper than Intel is because they're not putting all of their money into the advertising. You know, you got to think about it in terms of like what Sean just said, the marketing. Intel is putting billions of dollars into marketing. Mm -hmm. Whereas AMD is basically riding the coattail of Intel and saying, hey, <laughs> We're here too. Yeah. And we're just as good, if not better, than Intel. But we're not going to spend the billion dollars of marketing to prove it. You just have to find out for yourself. Now, if somebody would, like Sean, uh, you did that that upgrade. If somebody was to do that, the only thing they have to change out, it would be the board, the processor, a reinstallation, of course, uh, or if they're building a new system, their, their memory... Their graphics card, their video card, if they or audio card, if they've got uh, you know a, a yeah, cell that's yeah, going to yeah. work. But even the the AMD boards, they come with integrated graphics and integrated audio, don't they? Not all, not all. It, it, just like Intel, there are boards that don't come with integrated graphics, right? The the board I have does not come with integrated graphics. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The processor I have does not support integrated graphics, right? So it, it's it's not necessarily the board that doesn't support it. It could also be well, the processor a, that doesn't support that's, it. So. That's a good thing, though, because if you don't need integrated graphics, you don't need to have a processor or a motherboard that supports it because you're right. just basically wasting resources right. on exactly. integrated graphics that you're not going to use. 
when I bought my uh, 590, I made sure I, I didn't get one with integrated graphics because I knew I was going to have a standalone graphics card. So yeah. why, and, why, why and, do that? And, and AMD was very, I mean, I opened it up and there's a sticker literally on top of the, like the plastic case that has a processor that says, you need a discrete GPU for this CPU to work. Right. I was like, yep. no, I knew that. But if I got it as a gift or somebody, I purchased it on, on a whim, they might not know that, right? Um, so knowing that, I went in knowing that I paired it with, I paired it with the gigabit uh, motherboard. So I knew already what I was getting into. Plus, I already had the 1070, and then I upgraded later to the 3070. But, um, and then my memory went with right. So, if if you're doing a big jump, right, you got to be careful because you might find older memory. If you're running if you're running DDR2 or something Ooh. even that far back, right, might not be supported. Right. Or if you're running, I mean, most most video cards running PCI. Express has been backwards compatible all the way to version one, I think. So I think you can run pretty much any video card from that. But you just got to be careful, right? So use use PC Part Picker to make sure you're getting compatible yep. parts. You could you could put yep. your parts in PC Part Picker, and then it'll give you recommendations on, hey, this motherboard works with your card. I know that Amazon has tried to make that a little easier for shoppers. But you know, if you go to their site and you say, okay, I'm going to buy this, you know, 590 board. From Amazon, they'll actually have it. Oh, people who bought this also bought this, but they're not doing direct. Hey, this will work with your card. That's why a lot no. of people have chosen PC Part Picker and maybe some other sites that are similar because I, they're streamlined for that board. I'm honestly not going to be surprised if one of the major tech companies, whether it be, you know, Amazon or Walmart or Best Buy, well, maybe not Best Buy. I would not be surprised if somebody tries to buy PC Part Picker. It's that good. Soon, yeah. It's that good. It's that I mean, good. It's 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 it, it literally is the go-to for and and what I like about it, and I recommend it to anybody who comes to me and says, "Hey, I want to build a computer for my son," or I'm thinking about upgrading. Put your budget in there. Go to town. So you can even say, yep. "Okay, I don't know what I want to get, but I've got a thousand dollars. What yep, can I get exactly. with this?" And you can and, signify, or, or you could even look at community builds. Somebody that says, yes. "Hey, I had a thousand dollars to put together the go. best computer that I had." I mean, you remember we had a guy call in. Mike wrote in, said, "Hey, I want to stream, and I've got a thousand dollars." Yes, I remember I, that. I went on PC Part Picker, and they had an AM, Intel and an AMD community build, top-rated community build for less than a thousand dollars that he could have purchased and streamed on. Now that's not including monitors and peripherals, keyboard, mice, and all that stuff too, right? But no. most people already have those things. So if you're budget conscious and you, and you need to find a place to organize your thoughts on building a computer, PC Part Picker. All right, so the web, the web, we're going to take a break, but the website address is pcpartpicker.com, okay. and they could, they could check that out while they're listening to the show. Maybe you can some tips there. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more of Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin. Let me find us on the web at techtalkradio.com. We'll be right back. And now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Right before the break, I, ha I thought of a question. Justin, Andy, Andy, you can answer this. Justin, first off. If you were to build a new computer today, would you go Intel or AMD or Apple M1? Oh, and why? Okay. You had to off, throw that into the equation. First off, no Apple. Yes, I would uh, go AMD in a heartbeat, honestly. Um, why? I, no, I why? Think, because you, you've been Intel for a while. 
because I have been Intel for a while, but you're looking at the comparison between what Intel can do and what the AMD Ryzen can do. They are almost side by side. AMD may be a little bit less performance than the Intel, but for the price point you're mm. getting, you're getting an amazing processor for that price point. And I'm willing to give up a couple extra hundred dollars to get something that's 10% less than what an a with the what an Intel can do. So yes, by far I would definitely build an AMD computer now. I think uh, honestly because you threw this into the equation, Sean, and I have been uh, making a couple of stops over to Costco in the last few weeks and I've been looking at their line of of Apple computers. Oh god. Uh, and I have been thinking <laughs> I'm going to go get a beer. I'll be right back. <laughs> I've actually been thinking maybe it's time because, you know, I have I my first computer was the Apple IIe. Holy cow, you're old. Yeah, the Apple IIe had the, Z, the Z90 or Z80 card, you know, CPM. And I, I just loved it. I played, I played Emon Adventure on it. I remember when the Rambo Oregon first, Trail. Yeah, Rambo First Blood game came out. I played that. It was all text-driven. Yeah. Zork. I, but what I really loved about that was AppleWorks. AppleWorks was before Microsoft Office, before Lotus One Two Three. AppleWorks did everything: database, word processor, everything. And I was so happy with that. Once I got into the PC world, my first PC was a Cyrix processor. Then after that was an AMD DX40. If you remember okay. the DX40s, then was I started going into Intel. I, I think I really want to try Apple. It's just so expensive to do. But to yeah, have so one in, in another room would be awesome to be able to sit down and start using it. I will never tell somebody to buy an Apple unless they can afford it and unless they're doing media production. Yeah. Will, Ladies will, and gentlemen, I, I want to mention this. Build a PC over a Mac any day. All right. Want to mention this? Ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Andy is no longer a part of Tech Talk Radio. <laughs> It is now the Sean and Justin Tech Talk Radio Show. Oh man, yeah, because you know I don't. We don't cover Apple that much, but I really do like what because they, they don't innovate anymore. I, well, how can you say that with the you know because with the they M steal everything from the PC or nah, Android market? To, like, take a look at what they're doing, their new processor, and you—that's what's got it got me interested in it, especially because I do media production. Let's face it, do audio video. Um, for that, I'm like, well, this might be the thing. And they're talking that it blows the doors off the Intel processor. Okay, so if you want to get a computer that does only media production and nothing else, then Apple's the way to go. If you want a computer that's all around available to do everything from gaming to multimedia okay. to media right. production to internet, then you want a PC. Are you, you've got a pretty good point there. I oh, mean, I, 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 like I said... I, I, I said it to Justin because I knew it was going to get him going, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you the only reason going I put it a little in, bit. I will say, right, Apple has some decent mid-level products for media production. Right. And with the M1 chip and the M, the now the M2, you know, the M1, M1 Pro, M1 Ultra, now the M2 chip, they have some good... It just it works in a media production workflow, right? And that's not everybody, right? Nobody. If you if you're in media production, great. Buy an Apple. I'm going to tell you that right now. You can get better performance out of an Apple 
than you can by going and building your own machine and, and try either running a Hackintosh or running Hackintosh. Uh, a, a, the Adobe system in a Windows environment. Or I don't even think they support Linux. I think I have had um, a Hackintosh at one point. Yeah. But if, if you want, I, I'm going to say this. If you are entry-level Mac and you want to get into a entry-level M1 Mac, you can look at the Mac Minis and you can get into a Mac M1 Mac Mini sub $1,000. Yeah, but if you want to go full bore and you want to have great performance, you're going to be spending about two grand to start. To start, yeah. yeah. If you want to go high performance, you're looking at either going to the M1 Pro or Ultra, and you're looking at either buying a MacBook with those processors in it or their new Mac Studio, or even going into the Mac Pros, which they haven't really refurbished yet, and I think they're going to be doing that this summer in quarter three. Yeah. Um, but there are reasonable i will say reasonable reasonable options justin's yawning at me over there <laughs> um but if you live and work in a mac os environment if you have an iphone and you, you enjoy doing video production and stuff and you want to use your ios apps your your ipad apps on your computer since they switched to intel to their own silicon you can run not all ipad apps but most ios and ipad apps natively on the M1 silicon. See, that's been one of the things that has made me be interested in Android is because Microsoft, for the PC side, has embraced it. I wish they would embrace it like, you know, like we've seen with the iPhone. But they, they don't want to. They've embraced the Android. You can now, you know, duplicate your screen on your on your computer. You know, using the Android app. I mean, the whole bit. It's that's. I wish there was more. Uh, of them working together and we're not seeing that at least microsoft because it's an apple product and i wish they would do that with the iphone which made me go well i'll just switch to the android and then i can use it with microsoft or the other way just go to an apple and use it with my iphone if you're not sold on apple you're not yeah. sold on apple and i'm not going to try i'm not here to try and convince anybody to switch to apple but i'm saying there's mm -hmm. an environment for it and it's not just as do they do they have a program as good as apple works was well they have so they that. have their their suite of like they've got pages and keynote and you know garage band and all those oh, types of things just right? now come on share some respect <laughs> <laughs> no respect for apple i'm sorry <laughs> all right so you know, the thing is, you, you build a computer. Say you're going to, so with the $2,000 you're going to take to invest in a Mac, you could take that two grand and really get a full blown PC experience as well. Oh, yeah. And that's, oh, yeah. that's the thing. You know, you put that in a PC part picker, you're going to be pretty impressed with what you get. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not, I, and I, I feel like I'm kind of getting backed into a corner here where it's like, oh, Sean's back, back only. Like, <laughs> No, you can no, build no, good. No, you, no, can, no. you can for two thousand dollars. You can have a good Mac, and you can have a good PC. They both do their own thing, and in their own environments. So wait, may I, hold on. May I correct you? For two thousand dollars, you could have a good Mac or an excellent PC. Oh, there you go. But that excellent PC is running Windows. Oh <laughs> come on! <laughs> really? Uh, come on, Microsoft has been really. It's oh, what, really Windows okay. 11, which Windows, is looking, wait, which looks okay, like okay, Mac I'll OS give now? you that. Good point. Okay, yes. yes, I'll give you that. Windows 11 looks like Mac OS, and it doesn't run that great. But Windows 10 is really solid. Yeah, but the problem is we're going to eventually all have to go to Windows 11 or whatever will come after 11. By that time, maybe they'll get better. I don't know. I would hope but so. I'm, I'm honestly will willing. Go the way of Windows Vista. Oh, oh boy, please, no. Yeah, no. 
I, and you know, there's then a, there, we'll get Windows eight. You know that? Uh, <laughs> well, I think is it in January that that's it? Windows eight point one going to be stopping? Uh, Please uh, stopping complete support for Windows eight. Which well, you know, I, I think so. I'm glad there was a story about that. But in one of the articles, they said. It was funny because they said, well, you know, Windows 8.1, it's, you know, not going to be supported anymore. So you're going to have to upgrade. And they said, you know, the free upgrade from Windows 8 to Windows 10 went away. But and, and the article actually said, but you could still find it. And it's true because Microsoft still has that. You well, can yeah, still go online. Adver- yeah. Yeah. They still want to advertise it. Yeah. You can still find it on their, their website for that I mean, up- look- upgrade. Look, I'm not saying that Windows is perfect. Nobody's perfect. Apple's not perfect. Microsoft is not perfect. Good point. Okay, but I have I have been in both ecospheres. I have been an Apple person for many years. I have been a PC person for many more years. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I keep going back to PC because Apple is so limited. I guess it really comes down to your preference. I am a gamer. At heart. Right. I want to play games. I want to be able to do things with video games. And Apple just does not have that support. If you are a hardcore audio engineer, video engineer, uh, uh, photographer, strict photographer, or a strict office environment worker where you only need, you know, the documents and the spreadsheets and emails, then fine. Maybe Mac is your way to go. Because that's what you do. But if you're somebody who wants to experiment with video games or anything like that, you're not going to get that with Mac. Yeah. End of story. That's that's my beef with Mac. They have a good user base out there. Uh, and some will say maybe even stronger than when it comes to a PC. One thing I haven't mentioned, I'm going to throw it into the fold. What about Linux? If you want to do Linux, then do Linux. Like that's, that's on you. But it, there's support for it but you got to learn linux you got to learn how to work the linux environment you've got to be able to be savvy in terminal and get learning learning linux is like learning a new language it is isn't it it really is more programming involved oh there's a ton more i mean a lot more command line interfaces things that you have to do now granted yes there's ubuntu there's even you know uh graphical uh user interfaces for debian and uh CentOS, and I think even does does Red Hat even have a, a, a graphical user? Oh, no. I don't yeah. I don't know. But but the truth be told, Linux is a whole different beast. It is super super powerful. It is amazing if you know how to use Linux, you can rule the world. You know, somebody asked me you know, they want their child their child to learn about tech, and I honestly said, you know what? Have them build a computer. That, that's how I got my son yeah. involved. My son now yep. works for a big tech company. Great I, I, I got him involved by here's a motherboard. Here's a, here's a case. Here's a processor. Here's memory. Let's build a computer. And he did. And it was so excited by that. Well, he started writing his own code, you know, doing by playing with some of this stuff. And that's how they learn. Now, Raspberry Pi, raspberrypi.org, they have some really great instructional programs for kids as well. And but so they're I, Linux based. Yeah, and, but I, and I want you to know that. But yet you can really—they just introduced a six-dollar board, Raspberry Pi with Wi-Fi on it. I mean, that's yep. that's pretty amazing. So the, there's there's a lot of opportunities. If you go to Raspberry Pi's website, you'll, that's PI, you'll find all that stuff there. 
the problem with Raspberry Pi now, and this is a short, this is a short problem for them, is they are running short on supplies. Yeah, you cannot find a Raspberry Pi on their website right now. Uh, it, they, with with a silicon shortage and the supply chain shortage, you can't find a Raspberry Pi right now unless you buy it on a third party market such as eBay or. Facebook Ew. Marketplace or whatever. It's very hard to find a Raspberry Pi. So if you're interested in that, I'd say just kind of wait it out a little bit. Wait it out because Raspberry Pis are worth no more than $35 to $50 on average. Shouldn't be spending a couple hundred bucks on them. No. If you're spending a couple hundred dollars, you're getting ripped off. Are right, we going to take another quick break? When we come back. We had a question on the show asking about tablets. So we wanted to kind of uh, tablets, not tablets, like for drawing, you know, doing artwork. And we wanted to kind of revisit our discussion with Wacom. Wacom makes some great tablets out there. I've used mm -hmm. them. I'd love to get myself a Cintiq. If you want to take from pen to computer, you want to be able to have full control over your graphics. You definitely want to take a, a listen to this. Wacom tablets can be featured. That's coming up with Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm Justin. Let me find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash tech talkers. We'll be right back. Now back to tech talk radio. Welcome back to tech talk radio. I'm Andy Taylor. And I got to say, it's so good to talk to one of our dear old friends. I don't mean old, like, you know, age wise, uh, senior public relations manager, Doug Little from Wacom is with us on the line. Doug, it's always great to talk to you. Andy, it's been forever, and I'm so glad you contacted us to let us know we'd be on your show. This is fabulous. Let's talk about Wacom. Tell you what, there's so many great things. Now, for those listeners that don't know maybe what Wacom is all about, can you give us a rundown about the company? Uh, sure. Well, Wacom has been around for a very long time in the high-tech world. We were founded in 1983 in wow. Tokyo, Japan, and our headquarters is still in Tokyo. And uh, Wacom comes from the word WA for harmony and COM for computer. So uh, harmony between human and technology, that's our mantra. We've been around for a long time, and um, it, it's a, just a great company to work for, and we do so many great things for people. You really do. You, you provide solutions for not only uh, photographers, digital artists, those that just want to create, to want to explore. And with so many people now getting into technology and Finding all the many different things that they can do, um, Wacom has made it certainly possible with so many different options when it comes to drawing tablets. So over the years, we've looked at Bamboo, we've looked at Intuos, some of the different uh, products within that line. I mean, they've certainly come a long way since 1983, uh, since you know Wacom has been creating technology for computer users. Our first uh, foray into tablets was actually to help the uh, CAD world and blueprints and obviously to uh, recognize Japanese characters, too. So oh, yeah. that was one way to get uh, Japanese characters written down very easily. Well, when programs like uh, Mac Paint and uh, Fractal Design, which is now Corel Painter, came about in the late 80s, early 90s, people discovered that, oh, my goodness, you can use a Wacom tablet to create art and design. And that's when we really took off was, uh, kind of late, late 80s, early 90s, and we haven't looked back since. Well, I've used the Wacom products with software from Corel, uh, Aldis going way back, uh, Adobe, and it just seems like there's a growing number 
of uh, software manufacturers that are utilizing the ability to work with a drawing tablet into the workflow. We're always, uh, you know, working with uh, software uh, developers on, on new products. And, you know, obviously hardware can't function without good software. And now there are literally hundreds of pressure sensitive applications that can um, take a Wacom pen and just make great art and design with it from, you know, Adobe to Corel to all the programs from Autodesk. And, you know, we're talking industrial design, we're talking animation, uh, game development, all these products are used, which is great to see. For anybody listening that's never seen the Wacom product, definitely take a look at their website. But let me let me kind of paint a picture. <laughs> that's kind of cool. Uh, but And that's without a tablet. But uh, the idea is, you know, if you've tried to draw on your computer using a mouse, forget it. I mean, it's just, it's just too difficult to do. But imagine... Having a tablet in front of you and you can look at the tablet and look at the screen at the same time and you have a pen and that pen, that there's a lot of technology in that pen. That pen can translate what you want to the screen and be able to draw. Something. So a lot of artists out there have always wondered, do I draw on paper and scan it? You actually get more of an experience when you're using a Wacom tablet, but the pens are pretty magical. Can you kind of tell us a little bit about just their beyond just a point kind of interface. Yeah, Wacom uh, was the first to develop a electromagnetic resonance uh, technology pen. So our pens literally have no batteries or no cords. So um, they never meet, need to be plugged in, never be, need to be charged. So the, actually the tablet surface emits a very uh, weak radio wave that powers the pen and um, that's how our pens work. So super natural, super intuitive. Uh, our stuff, as you know, Andy, because I know you've tried it, oh, is yeah. uh, just like working with real paper. Um, and uh, as you said, we make opaque tablets which sit on your desk, but we also make interactive pen displays which are used by high-end professionals in industrial design, animation, game development, all that type of stuff where you're literally drawing directly on screen. So that is even more natural, less cerebral gymnastics going on. And it's really, really cool to work. Yeah. I actually have some friends that work in the animation industry and the Cintiq is just an amazing device that allows you to, you know, draw on the screen. Uh, it's great. It's used in film. I mean, honestly, Wacom is one of those products that you can find in a household as well as a high-end multimedia production company. Yeah, absolutely, and that's super true, and that's one of the cool things about Wacom is we deal with pretty much everything out there. I mean, um, in your daily life, you probably you know touch a few hundred things a day that were, were developed on a Wacom pen display or a pen tablet, so that's one of the things that makes it so cool working for Wacom. Now, there's a, there's a couple of new products that have been announced that – you know, really caught my eye because you're really focusing on kind of education, the the home user, one by Wacom, which is available in uh, different sizes. And there is a, a very inexpensive small unit to get uh, people started if they really want to, you know, use this and use this for remote learning or a classroom environment. How is the one by Wacom going to be used in these type of situations? Uh, yeah, well, the one by Wacom is a neat little tablet and uh, it's about an eight inch by six inch opaque tablet so it sits on your desk and connects to your computer and that computer can be either a macintosh a pc or a chromebook 
uh, Google just uh, certified the one by Wacom with the Works with Chromebook certification. We are the first tablet to be certified by Google to uh, to function with uh, Chromebook devices. So nice. um, about 70% of schools here in the United States use Chromebooks. It might be a little less than that, but that's that's a pretty close number, I think. And um, the the pandemic especially has brought out a lot of uh, remote learning initiatives and kind of Wacom has helped out with that a great deal this past year. And so that's why we've done that. And it's been a great little tablet for the classroom, easy to connect, very simple to use, and teachers and students can get along with it just great. Plus, they still get that experience of, of, of and I guess I'm kind of old school here, but the experience of using a pen. I mean, uh, you, you're, you're, you can actually use this for more than drawing a character or doing, a, like I said, creating an animation. You can actually use it for, for schoolwork type of stuff. Absolutely. I mean, that, and that's what's happened. Um, you know, Wacom has always been huge in the uh, higher education market where people are learning about industrial design or animation. Our products are in schools around the country, around the world in those areas. But uh, recently, this has become a much bigger deal where students have to work remote. And for those that are learning a new foreign language that requires different characters, or if you're doing math or sciences that require um, equations to be written out, you can only do that with a pen. You can't do yeah. it with a mouse. And it certainly isn't very easy to do with your fingers either. So yeah, yeah. a pen is a very accurate pointing device, and that's what makes this so cool. So I love this. Again, available for the Chromebook, which makes it nice. And it's not that expensive as well. Um, now, what would be the difference between the one by Wacom and maybe the, the recently announced? And I love the Intuos line. I've got one. Uh, the Wacom Intuos S. What would be the, the difference between the two of them? We have several um, opaque tablets. So the, the one by Wacom is our least expensive, as you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. It also probably has the, the lesser of um, kind of feature sets. Right. It does have two buttons on the pen um, that you can uh, customize if you'd like. Then you jump up to the Intuos, which has four express keys that can also be customized in our driver software. And then um, the Intuos also features wireless technology, so Ooh. it doesn't need to be wired to computer like the one by Wacom would. Right. And then we also have the Intuos Pro, which uh, is more of a higher-end device for serious amateurs or professionals that are looking for something that has a little more pressure sensitivity and um, items that can help you uh, with shortcuts and modifiers and things like that. So just allows you to work a little bit faster and easier. Now with the, uh, the pens itself and some of that customization, uh, they're able to change brush sizes, the type of uh, maybe brush that they would be using as they're drawing on the screen. Uh, they're able to do that all just by, you know, pre-programming or even changing there, correct? Uh, correct, correct. So uh, almost every software package offers some si some sort of customization. And mm -hmm. yes, anytime you're using a, a Wacom device, it's super easy to uh, customize the pen to do exactly what you want. And um, it's just a matter of getting used to the software program and understanding how it works. For the users that want to go ahead and say, pick up the, uh, the Intel SS, uh, what software ships with that, that, you know, they get it, 
they look at it and they go, okay, what do I do with it now? Uh, you do ship software so that they can start playing around with it and, and really kind of learning what all the many different things it can do. Sure we do. Yep. Yep. So, um, with the, uh, Intuo small, which is our, our, you know, consumer tablet, mm -hmm. um, that ships with Corel painter essentials, eight Corel aftershot pro three, and then clip studio paint pro. Okay. And those are three months, um, free bundles. And then if you decide that you want to, uh, uh, buy it from there, you can. And so it's a, it's a cool. nice little deal. Awesome. And now about learning the basics of this. Now, at some point, uh, I'm sure, Doug, you got into this and you were like, OK, I, I need to learn how to do this. Um, is, is it a is it a, a challenging process? Are there online courses? Are there lots of books available? Or, you know, I'm, I've noticed on the website, though, I've saw a lot of videos on the Wacom website, which I thought was pretty cool to help people get started. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, it's uh, obviously the best way to get started with anything, as you well know, is to, to start to use it yourself. Mm -hmm. Nothing can replace uh, <laughs> getting down into the nitty gritty of the tablet yep. by just putting one on your desk and starting to use it. Because there is a learning curve to using a tablet. We have what's called absolute positioning on our tablet. So when your pen is up in the upper right hand corner of your screen, for example, you'll know that your cursor is also pointing to that exact spot on the upper right hand side, right. side of your screen as well. So um, that takes a little bit of use, getting used to, it's usually a couple of days, but once you get used to it, it's very easy. But as you said, there are things that you can do to uh, learn more. Yes, we have tutorials on our website and sure there's plenty of stuff on uh, YouTube that you can find as well on how to, how to work with a tablet. I gotta say, I've uh, I've, I've used uh, my tablet in doing digital uh, correction and restoration, and you know, just some people will say, "Oh, here, can you fix this?" And I'll take a look. At it. Yeah, no problem, because I have the tablet. If I didn't have it, I know it would be a real challenge to do with a mouse. So if you're, you know, you want to do the photo restoration, you want to be able to do some really cool things like this. This certainly makes it a lot easier. Now, Doug, I know you've been a Wacom for many years. What would you say? is the biggest wow moment for you when it comes to the technology behind this? What is something that made you say, oh, this is cool? Um, well, I think there's lots of things. Uh, a couple of them are um, introducing um, touch input uh, onto a tablet along with pen input. Yeah. That was a really cool moment, uh, especially for, for professionals working in 3, 3D primarily because mm. um, now you can... Uh, you know, move and rotate an object with your fingers while you're using the pen. Um, it's a, it's a pretty cool way to work. So that's fun. Um, introducing uh, wire, uh, a Bluetooth into our tablets. So for example, if you're giving a presentation to a group, you can now wander around the room while using your tablet. Nice. Um, that was a big moment, you know, just our bigger interactive pen displays getting a, interactive pen display in a 24 inch or 32 inch uh, platform is really, really cool for uh, people that are in a profession where they're drawing for long periods of time and need something that's super accurate and super easy to use. Is there a website where people can go to get more information and where can they purchase the product? It's www.wacom.com. We do have an e-store, so you can always purchase right from our website. Amazon sells uh, all of our products 
And if you're looking to go to a store to actually look and kind of play with one, you can go to Best Buy, Staples, and a few others around the country. But th- those are my primary recommendations. Uh, hopefully we won't take too long to talk to each other again. But I tell you what, it's always great to talk to you. And I appreciate you coming on Tech Talk Radio. Thanks so much, Andy. It's been great. And yes, let's uh, not wait this long again. Well, we'll take a quick break. We'll be back more with more of Tech Talk Radio. You can find us on the web at techtalkradio.com. And now, back to Tech Talk Radio. Hey, what's up? Uh, This is Tom Arnold, and uh, you're listening to uh, Tech Talk Radio. They're really great, and uh, I love them. Hey, how about a copy of Windows? Uh, Can I get a laptop? So during the last break, we looked up the repeaters in Andy's area and we tuned it in. Yep. Yep. And then we heard we heard on his radio somebody from Englewood, Colorado, had, who was talking on the repeater. So we said, Justin, get your radio, go upstairs, call and see if Andy can hear you. So Justin got his radio, ran upstairs, made a call, and we heard Andy heard him in Arizona. It heard that's him so on this awesome. radio, all the way from from Denver, Colorado. So yep, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That is so, really cool. Uh, yeah. No, so we, we love radios and uh yeah. So it, it's it's cool. It's a cool experience. Ham radio, we love it. Well, this is GMRS, technically ham radio, but you know, you can still yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, speaking of radios, uh going into like the entertainment industry, have you guys watched Stranger Things season uh, four yet? Okay, so I'm still on season two. I watched like three episodes <laughs> and I was like uh, this is dragging. Have so, I watched Stranger Things? And you're still yeah, wearing yeah, yeah. my T-shirt from last I'm week. Wearing, for those of you who can't see, I'm wearing a Hellfire Club T-shirt. For those of you who haven't watched the fourth season, it's the D&D club that they start in high school. So, Hellfire Club. Season four just ended. Now, the thing is, let me ask you guys. Can I skip season three and just start no. with season four? No, 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 no. no. Oh, They're linear. They're linear. You have to watch all of the seasons. If right. you have not watched anything of Stranger Things, you need to watch Stranger Things on Netflix. It is one of the most amazing shows of our generation. Did you think the last, this last, well, it's not the last season. Season five is already in the works, but season 40, do you think it was really all the hype that they led up to be? It was so gory. It was very, it's very gory. It's it's very horror-esque. Uh, it's not scare, super scary. It's scary, but it's not super scary. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not more than, it, they, they deviated. They deviated from the previous previous seasons, where mostly the previous seasons were more like of a a thriller type of suspense. Right. They really went with the the horror theme this time, but I think they needed to because people were starting to get to the sense of, eh, it's just the same thing over and over. So now they're introducing a whole new style of it, where it's a little bit more horror, a little bit more in your face, a little more shocking. And it's amazing. All right, I and am se- going to have to do The season finale that. was two and a half hours long. Yeah, I heard it's it's really long. Two but, and a half but hours? But it doesn't drag? Does it drag? No. It, Caitlin and I made it halfway through tonight before we had to put Max to bed, and we're going to watch the other half tomorrow. Wait, wait, and hold on. Is it, is, it, is it in two episodes, the season finale? There, are, I there can... are two episodes. The first one is okay. just over an hour long. Okay. And the finale, the finale episode is... Two hours and thirty-two minutes, or like something. a no, movie. No, 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 no. Wow, no, no. Oh my gosh! You're Seriously? gonna have to put the time and aside. It is so good. Like I'm gonna have to. All right, Stranger Things. Let us know what you thought. You can drop us a line, Tech Guys at TechTalkRadio.com, or if you have a question for the show, you can find us there. That's it for this week. We'll be back next week with more Tech Talk Radio. I'm Andy Taylor. I'm Sean DeWeird. And I'm WRTI nine three five out of Denver, Colorado. Justin, have yourselves a great week. <laughs>